Alright, welcome back to the T-Quad Podcast. Mike and I are back again for another week. NBA playoffs. They have sucked so far. They have been the most boring playoffs I've I've seen so far uh, in a couple years. Blowout after blowout. There's not, literally, I was saying this to you, just about the Sixers series against the Heat. It was never close. Either Every win was either a blowout for whoever won that game. It's just not good to watch. I like the down-to-the-wire like we had like last year. Last year's playoffs were amazing. That was still a COVID year too. And there was, you know, the fans were still coming back. And now we have full fans back this year. It's still fucking boring. So we had our team of Dave do some uh, research to uh, explain why the playoffs this year for the NBA have sucked so badly. And we had the stats here. Uh, 28 games this season in the playoffs were won by 15 points or more. So our team decided that a blowout counts as a game that was lost by 15 points or more. I think that's fair. So that that's a fair stat. Six series this year uh, were won by an average of 15 points a game, and six series uh, in this se- in this year's playoffs. Two game sevens we had this year, and they were won by an average of 30 points. And then the average amount of points won a game is won by in this year's playoffs was 14 points. So it's basically a blowout every game on average. It's not good, especially like the Luca closeout game against the Suns was just like. A one-way, can't say this word on, but it was an R word. That was so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> like they like, literally just took it to him. It wasn't even a game. Like yeah. it, it, it's just I want we like the NBA's got to be shit in their pants because like they literally the Tim Donahue shit. Like remember they literally tried to make teams that were up 3-0 and make it into a series. They want Game Six. They want Game Seven. So like we're not like. It doesn't look like we're going anywhere near that. I'm glad Mike brought up Tim Donahue. So Scott Foster, you know, that that, that that's always screwing over Chris Paul. Everybody hates that guy. James Harden has never won a game against him in the playoffs while he's been the ref. I found out this week that Scott Foster is very good friends with Tim Donahue. And Tim Donahue is Scott Foster's son's godfather. Oh, and Scott man. Foster mysteriously was taken off the Bucks Celtics Game 7 officiating crew uh, for a non-COVID-related illness. And I, I read the records of Tim Donahue's, you know, whole NBA investigation about, you know, him bringing the games. Him and Scott Foster, and, and I think in, in the entire span of one week or throughout the entire playoffs, called each other over 100 times. Tim Donahue is a Delco native like I am. Really? Oh, so when that whole shit like went down, like it blew up. Like Delco was like, "Oh my god, like that's our betting guy." Like, <laughs> right? We we knew about this. Like it was wild. Yeah. So all right, for, for those that don't know, but uh, give give some backstory to what Tim Donahue did. He basically was a referee that was involved with rigging games. He he was he was a part of that uh, Kings Lakers series where the Kings got screwed over by the uh, by the referees and shit like that. And he was involved in this big scandal that uh, more than one ref, but but he was the most famous one and and the one that was doing it the most were rigging games by you know making bad calls and doing calls on purpose and stuff like that. He was just on a podcast with Rashid Wallace. Who just called him out and said, like, you cost me $1.2 million because I got fined and kicked out of, like, game seven or something. And he, like, called him out. He's like, 
oh, I didn't, like, I didn't rig games, block, like I quote, he said, I didn't rig games. The NBA told me what to focus on. They wanted game sevens, game, like, any 3-0 series, they wanted to get it to a 3-3 series. That was, mm-hmm. and they, anything, like, this guy walks when he gets the, like, first gets the ball, like, focus on this, this guy pushes off. Like, all he said he did was things they told him to look for, he fucking, like, like that game he was calling it non-stop he he really focused on it and he fucked over whatever team he could he was also on part of my take too and they, they did like a two-hour show with him and he said that the nba's big thing was to get the big market teams into the game sevens and they wanted the big market teams to be in the nba finals which the referees tried hard to do to make the nba happy and that was one of the things that he tried to do with screwing over the Kings to get the Lakers through so they can be one of those big market teams that got through to the finals, which did happen and they won the championship that year. So something that also pissed me off, I seen uh, news that the NBA is trying to implement a mid-season tournament. I heard rumors about this. Um, apparently the NBA is in talks to incorporate a mid-season tournament as soon as next season. I don't want that shit whatsoever. I, d- I don't like the play-in tournament. I don't need a mid-season tournament for teams because they said the season is too long. They, they, want, they want to incorporate a mid-season tournament to shorten the season. Just stop. It, it just ruins the entire regular season, first of all. And then it ruins the NBA playoffs, which are known as the big tournament for the you know teams to, to win the championship. If you're having all these tournaments, it just devalues the playoffs entirely. What's his name again, the commissioner? Adam Silver. Adam Silver, yeah. He, during the, uh, the lottery uh, pre-game show, like pre-draft show, he was on there saying uh, he used the same exact terminology as what soccer uh, terminology is like. Uh, what are the, the leagues called? Like cups or something? Yeah. Tour- tournaments? Yeah. He was like, that's, yeah. Yeah, in se- that's what we're pretty much going towards, like in-season tournaments mm-hmm. for the lower tier teams that aren't going to be playing for a finals or a playoff appearance. Like it's just a basically like, they know they can't get fans into the all-star game anymore, and they're just looking for anything to get ratings on. If you're a lower-tier team, why are you being rewarded? Your team is garbage. Unless you're going to, like, change the lottery draft to, like, if you win this tournament, now you get the first pick, maybe. Like, we could talk about it. But, like, unless you're incentivizing teams to do better, like, what's the point? This was the first year, I, I was talking about this, that I did not have to watch the NBA draft lottery and be invested in it because my team was not in it. I had to deal with that bullshit because my team was actually good this season. I did not care one bit about who got the first pick and I turned it on once the first four picks were ready to be revealed and then I just turned it off because I didn't care. I too used to be that fan. Like the Sixers had like a five, six year stretch where we were the predominant like top one to two lottery pick like every single year. And that's like exactly around this time we get excited, be at our TVs, and then we got, like, Ben Simmons and them finally got to us and we became good playoff contenders every single year. And then you get to be this playoff team, and now you're like, what the fuck? Like, I had more fun when we were this lottery team where, like, we had all this potential and we had, like, all these dreams of, like, what could come, what player could be our new, like, face of the franchise, who's going right. to be the next, like, Hall of Famer of that class. And now it's just, like, we're just a middle of the pack fucking team. We're not going to win a championship. Like where, how did we come to this point? Like the bulls, like you, like just said, like you were a lottery team. Now you're in a playoffs. And like, you guys were the first in the East and went literally shit the bed. Like it sucks. Like, all our teams disappoint us. 
in a, in a couple of weeks, we went from first to six and didn't go back up at all. So uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I was in Chicago when the Bulls were in first place. I I left in the at towards the end towards the end of December. I I was there. I left, got back home in January, and then after that we went from first to six, and then we got destroyed by the Bucks in the playoffs. So it wasn't very embarrassing. It was just disgusting to watch. And Zach Levine. I'm worried about this guy because the Bulls are they're talking about it, it's no longer allowed. Don't start with that shit. Don't it's not going he's you, not going to Philly. I know you just sold the Matisse Thibel to the Bulls rumors too. I did see that. They might get a sign a trade. Levine signing trade going. Like who knows? Back to the lottery we go if that happens. I'm just gonna be <laughs> honest. <laughs> if there is rumors going around right now that Zach Levine does not want to play second fiddle to DeMar DeRozan. But then they're also saying that, that he wants to go to the Lakers. How does that even make sense? If you don't want to play second fiddle, if, if you go to LA, you got LeBron there. So how's that going to work out, Zachary? So come back to the Bulls, sign the max contract. It's going to be a very large deal. I don't. I really don't care. As long as the Bulls are competitive and don't make me want to, you know, jump off the nearest tall building that I, in my area every year, fine with me. But uh, to the Blazers too. Like, oh yeah, Levine to the Blazers. <laughs> Please, good luck with that, Zachary. Get out of here. If you're Lillard, I mean, fuck, he's going to be what, 32 next season? It's, it's already been many years that, that he's been on that team. This guy has to go. I, I know his big thing is not not running away from the grind. It's, that is not a grind. That is torture. This is not a Kobe, you know, Lakers sticking it out, you know, things like that. Lillard is nowhere near being a Kobe-type player. He needs more than just one guy, you know, because Kobe got pow, and then they, they brought in, their, you know, other, other guys to, you know, help him out. But Lillard is more than, you know, one guy away from being close to winning a championship. They need... To be two more star players and one more, you know, third guy, maybe like a Julius Randle, who can get them over the hump and possibly be in there, be in there to compete. Because I remember a couple of years ago, the Blazers were what second in the West, and then after that, they they, they didn't make the playoffs at all. The NBA contract structuring for max deals is ridiculous. If Zion has has only played 82 games in three years and he's still eligible for a max contract. That's a problem. So imagine being injured that for that long that, that your rookie deal has now expired and you now are eligible to sign a max extension even though you've you only played 82 games in three seasons. That players can just get max contracts from sitting out. Imagine if Ben Simmons signed a max deal after what he did this season. That'd be ridiculous and fans would fucking storm the damn arena. So that's We had the same situation with Joel Embiid. He literally didn't play his first like three years and by the time like he finally did get on the court the dude was pretty much fucking ready for a new deal it's like how the fuck are you gonna pay this guy when you don't even know if he can stay healthy and max contracts are just ridiculous as well i mean they're you you, you could be 37 years old and you, you could be getting near 50 mil per season from these damn max deals i think butler right now is making 32 mil per season when he's 33 years old he'll be getting paid 37 million dollars per season i'm per, i personally will not give him that amount of money at one point you just gotta secure the star you can't win anything and you can't attract anybody unless you have the star and bite the bullet Zion, no matter what is a star like you just like you don't go from the face of the internet at 16 years old when he made that fucking dunk like to like not getting a contract like he's getting it he's staying with the pelicans too i'll, I'll i'm guaranteeing it Pelicans are going to be fired next year. A lottery pick, Zion coming back with fucking Ingram. Oh, my God. And they're going to be young. That's what the Sixers would have been if they didn't fucking try to speed up the process. They were young. They had all the talent in the world. As long as they just stayed put, 
let the process play out. Like we said, trust the process and it would all be fine. But the Sixers didn't do it. Now we got fucking washed up James Harden. Uh, we got my boy here, Jordan Bennett, NFL Films. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, man. It's been a long journey for sure, man. How you doing, bro? Good. How about you? Oh, you, you got know, the whole nose ring in. Oh, yeah. I take know, man. Out. Yeah, That's man. True. I left Garden Valley and Delco and became a whole different person, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this whole nose ring, is, is that popular these days? I, I see girls and guys got, got them now, and I'm, I'm like, does that hurt to get that kind of thing? Even Donald had it too, bro. Donald had a nose ring? Yeah. Everybody has like the little nose ring thing. Uh, I chose to do my septum more or less like traditionally, uh, just African heritage. Like that's why I do so many tattoos, so many gauges and everything like African heritage is so much knowledge behind it. And if you look like at warriors and ancient Af- African heritage, they had like the nose piercings and everything like that. So that's why I went with this one. So, you know, a little bit more reason than just to look cool, but Definitely don't help me. You know, it helps me yeah. a little bit too. <laughs> You're definitely not a weird emo skateboarder who gets that garbage He's in their nose. He's a skateboarder, I mean, isn't he? Are you? Yeah, just- I do, look, I do skate, but I'm <laughs> Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean? Like those skateboarders who are oh, you know, bro, like those yeah, weirdo man. kids. I'm still, I'm still me at the end of the day, man. Still a kid right. from Chester, that's all. <laughs> Uh, when Mike told me that, that you were a part of the, of the NFL films, I got a little excited uh, because I have some beef with the NFL. Uh, we, tr- we tried uh, last, well, this year's Super Bowl, we tried to get passes to go on and, you know, and do like the press conferences and speak with the teams and, and the players. They told us no. So I was a little upset, and that's why I currently have beef with them right now. And I, I also pay for their league pass every year, and that's how they treat me. So I was a little Bro, upset it's hard, by it. man. I work there, and I still, you know, get the run around. <laughs> so, you know, you're, yeah. it, it happens to me too, man. Yeah, there's, they, they said that they have a strict rule where you have to report live on the field for a several amount of games or hours in order to qualify uh, to ha- to get a press pass, which which, which is what we were trying to get uh, for this year's Super Bowl, uh, because it was in LA and that's where we're based, and uh, we we tried to get one this year and we got the we got shot down. I think it was the next day they they shot us down. I was like, D- that's a little quick. Oh so, yeah, yeah, no, they'll, they, they'll be quick to say no when it's time to say no. It's time to say no. <laughs> the, the, describe to us what your journey was to get to a job like NFL fans, because I I, I watched those all throughout high school. I was, I was watching those in class, and I I love those videos. Yeah, no, man, it's definitely uh, been a journey for sure. Uh, You know, play football. That's how me and Mike know each other back in the day. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely. We'll let y'all know for the record, I've been playing at a lot of high levels, uh, played with people in the league right now. Mike's definitely one of the better people I've played, especially from our county, for sure. And that's not even because we're on the show. Like, him and uh, Southern dude, Shane Doherty. It's Doherty. It's just their names. I, I definitely say it was us. That was top three in our county and wasn't nobody touching us. But um, yeah, so went on to college, uh, played two years in college and then broke my arm. Um, and then right after that was when it was time to make that switch and figure out what was next. So I got right into sports reporting and everything. Uh, well, really started reporting at the Philadelphia Tribune, the longest black owned newspaper in the country. Uh, so started doing that Then went on to college, uh, started out covering volleyball and people like, say it all the time but that is my favorite thing to cover like it's just like it's my first so it's like that's my baby but uh football's always been it so went from there uh graduated undergrad from Slippery Rock University 
um, in 2017, moved to Wyoming, or I was a sports reporter for a bit, uh, for about two years or so. And um, yeah, Mike can tell you it's a big difference between Chester and Wyoming. So um, yeah, it was a huge culture shock, but went out there, did my thing. And then, um, you know, around the time I was out there was when like Last Chance You and all those Netflix docs came out. And I was like, I want to do that. You know, like I know I can tell stories on that level. So uh, I actually just graduated last Saturday from Wake Forest University uh, in their documentary film program uh, to get my master's in that. So went there, uh, been doing that for the last three years. While I was there, I did a documentary that featured Chris Weber called Uncertainty. Um, I wrote the first chapter in uh, Beyond Question magazine for the 20th anniversary of Allen Iverson's shoe. Um, was interning at Bleacher Report last summer and then been at NFL Films uh, starting out the uh, first in-season hard knock. So did that. And yeah, man, it's been a blessing for sure. First of all, congrats on graduating. That's a big accomplishment. It, it was one year for you in, in, in college playing football and then you, you were done. I he, he didn't say why you were done, but it was yeah. because you got injured, right? Yeah, man, I got a nice metal plate in my arm. So got through the first four year, uh, came back my, uh, what was it? redshirt freshman year so my sophomore year and uh it was actually the first the craziest thing is the first game I'm supposed to play I get moved up and the first play in practice just you know the jitters and just wanted to be there man I'm cut blocking somebody else in my first play I break my arm in the game I was supposed to play and it was just the end the beginning was the end uh, I tell people all the time the funniest thing now that I'm watching you know that I actually worked through hard knocks and went through it I think you know all of us especially when you're in as deep as most of us are, you know, you have that vision of, oh, I want to go play in the NFL and do that, you know, but, you know, you go and I watched how long their meetings are. And I'm like, dude, when is happy hour? You know, <laughs> so it's just, uh, yeah, man. So it's, you know, everything comes with it, but man, I love where I'm at now. He's from Chester and I don't know about if you know this, but like Chester is like a hotbed of talent. Like, did you feel any pressure, like putting your stamp on the world in sports, like journalism, anything like, coming from Chester, because, like, Tyreek Evans, NBA star, yeah. like, there's so many, like, there's a list of, like, straight ballers coming out of Chester, athletes, everything. Yeah, man, so it was definitely different, um, especially as I got older, you know, uh, I think, you know, we live in a different time in a different era, and, you know, you see it not just within communities, but as far as black community, you go know, like, HBCUs and staying in inner city, obviously, you know, I went to Garnet Valley, which is a suburb, um, you know, and it wasn't like I was out there and I'm from Garnet Valley. We got out there and, you know, we made the best that we could to stay in there. Um, but I think now it's to the point where everything I do is like for Chester. And it's like, I love that about me. You know, I take that attitude with me that, you know, it's fun for me. Man, Wake Forest is a very elitist school, um, you know, and it's very different than where I'm from. But it's dope to be able to come back and people to say you're from Chester but you went to Wake Forest you know you get to one of the worst countries or worst uh, cities in America when it comes to crime and things like that um, and then you see oh but you graduated from the number 28 school in the country so you know like having that balance and still being me is maintaining man like I think a lot of people you know they find their professional voice and everything and no, you're going to get the same person to be in the office that you're going to get from the bar. Like, I'm Chester. <laughs> like, and that's all. Like, that's who I am in and out. Chris Paul actually went to Wake Forest and also Tim Duncan. But unlike, uh, you know, Tim Duncan, Chris Paul has no rings because uh, he's overrated. <laughs> that's why. And uh, I, I wanted to point that out because people were hating on me a couple weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, because I said Chris Paul was overrated. And uh, he, he ended up losing by 35 points at home in game seven, which proved my point uh, because he only scored 12 points. So, unlike uh, 
saw, you know, Jordan, who's actually successful in his career. Chris Paul uh, has nothing has none to show for it uh, because he has no rings. So no. as an individual, I think he's great. But, I mean, you got those people, too, who are great individually, and you can't deny his numbers um, and the things that he uh, the things that he has done. But there is always that argument, you know, that you don't have those rings. And it's not like he hasn't been here or hasn't had the team. So, can't say I fought you for your opinion, but that is definitely my fellow Demon Deacon, man. So, I got to, you know, always show him support. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully he retires and probably w wins a ring in the retirement basketball league in some one of his local church leagues, because uh, that's probably where he won the championship. Anyways, uh, you break your arm in college. Do you have thoughts about, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to come back and try to do this again? Or was it right there and then you're like, okay, I'm done? I actually came back. I was stronger than I was before. Um, you know, I was probably pinching only about... 275 and then after before we got to spring ball and everything i was benching 300 you know so i came back stronger i was faster um a lot more focused and i'll never remember the first day of spring ball ran a crisp route you know just really got the safety running the other direction and they threw the ball to me simple pass like right there and i reached out and then i reached back and it shouldn't have been a catch that i with one hand and at that moment i was just like mentally i know um done you know like it was just little things that I had to go through in sports psychology at, at a you know even though we're a top 25 division two school consistently at you know we just didn't have those type of resources um and figuring that out but it was the mental journey and then you know I had a couple guys during the arena football league when they and they were like oh just come play but it was like you know play arena for a couple years or go the school and make something happen that I know will last you know longer and I mean I ended up choosing to stick with that did you guys hear about uh, Mike Vick? He, that dude's coming back. He's playing in the fan control football league. I didn't even say like might not do it though. Like it was like just a rumor that like To was trying to do. He got inspired by To, you know, having so much success in the league that he's going to come back. And they said May twenty eighth is is the target date for him to come back. And for those that don't know, he hasn't played in the NFL since twenty fifteen, and he retired in twenty seventeen. But they said that the, the target date for Michael Vick to come back and play football in the Fan Control Football League is May twenty eighth. So for all those people that like the Fan Control Football League, I think it's on Peacock too. If, if you have the Peacock live streaming app, um, that's that's where they're they're going to show it. So congrats to Michael Vick. I'm sure Mike and you know Jordan are big fans of him. You know because he did play for the Eagles. I love it. You know, that was definitely somebody who inspired me as a kid, you know, and then coming to Philly was even better. I still got big jerseys from Atlanta from back in the day somewhere, you know, dug down there. So might have to dig those out if he come back out. You brought up that you interviewed uh, that you did a documentary on Chris Webber. We had uh, the, the former Pac-12 and, and NCA associate commissioner on a couple of weeks ago, and he actually investigated the whole Fab Five and their whole, you know, college scandal. Did that that ever come up with him and, you know, in the Fab Five? Because I, I heard that they still kind of have beef to this day about that. Oh, uh, yeah. So we kind of talked about it more uh, and not necessarily the interview process, but uh, personal conversations just kind of telling us about the whole thing. And uh, I think his awareness is different just for him as a human being and who he is personally, like, um, I know he's trying to get back and be super involved with this whole HBCU sports thing is probably one of the bigger things. Um, and he's really big into that and he's on that side of it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny now he's in that part of his career. So the documentary we did is called Uncertainty and it was during COVID. We did it completely over Zoom and everything. So uh, he talked more about his standpoint as, you know, 
how COVID is affected and what he did or didn't want to do because he has older family. Um, you know, it's weird to see him now. You know, you hear about that Fab Five stuff or even watch the documentary, which I one of my favorite 30 for 30s. Um, but now he's just so more conscious. And I think that's the part that you got to take away, how much more conscious he is of what's going on now as compared to how he was doing things and viewing things and calling a timeout when he probably should have When you just brought up like the like documentaries they did, I feel like they haven't put out a good one in a minute. Like the best whoever was, remember that one? That was a real good one. The running back from uh, like somewhere down in South Philadelphia, Georgia or something like that. Somewhere down there, like yeah. literally wild. That dude was unstoppable. And then went to like we actually did this so over at NFL Films, and um, it's actually not like even though it's ESPN stuff, ESPN actually buys a lot of these documentaries and things. So even I'm sure you guys saw that uh, they're about to do the uh, Baltimore Ravens from what 2001, and everybody, oh, it's an ESPN 30 for 30, but it's actually, but it's NFL Films producing it, um, and so uh, that's how that usually happens. And uh, actually, a really good one they just did was the Tuck Rule, and it's so dope because it's such a different perspective. It's uh Tom and Woodson, but they're watching it together and they're just breaking down the game together. But they're also bringing you into that light of, oh, I remember on this play and then they'll, you know, stretch out that play for five minutes and like go into that story. And it was definitely probably the best uh, documentary I've seen in a while, just because it was so new, but it was just so genuine to see all of them, uh, you know, just talking. And now Tom, you know, jokes more about the tuck rule now because I think he knows that that should not have been a thing. Yeah, Tom's been, like, awesome since he's gotten to fucking Tampa. Like, he, like, the new side of Tom that we finally get to see is just, like, that's why he got that big contract. Like, how can you not like him now? Like, everybody, he was the face of, like, I don't. in America. Okay, that's what I mean. Like, so many people still hate him. But, like, he literally is so cool now. Like, the, he's actually pretty fucking funny when he, that tuck rule TikTok he made was hilarious. Like, yeah, like I think he got away from that, you know, that Patriots way mentality. And everybody talks about I'm a big I am athlete podcast fan. And, you know, they're constantly asking people about, oh, what is the Patriots way? And I think it's so militant the same way Alabama is. Like, it's just so militant. But you don't get to see who these people actually are until you get out. And, uh, yeah, man, I love who Tom is becoming now. And uh, he actually has one of his facilities getting built in the Navy Yard in Philly, which is cool. So, yeah, man, Tom's – yeah, I like this new Tom Brady. Wasn't a fan of him prior to, but Tampa Tom is cool. Yeah. Listen, Thomas, you're not fooling me, buddy, okay? These two might like you. You're not fooling me, my friend. As long as you're in the NFC, I got beef with you because you keep picking a Bears ass every year. I'm a Bears fan. I'm from Chicago. And right. so Thomas is still in the NFC with a good team. I don't appreciate one what that one bit. He was in New England with the AFC. Uh, he didn't bother me one bit. I, I barely saw him maybe two times every four years. So I, I'd have to deal with that. But now this guy wants, wants to come back again. And now he's doing a 10-year deal with Fox Sports to be their new broadcaster once he retires. So I, we're going to see more of him. But he's just he's, he's annoying me. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> you brought up that, that, that you were doing hard knocks this season. And this year is the Lions, right? Is, is that what they're doing? They're doing the first end season you know, throughout the year with the Lions. And this is the first year they're so doing. So training camp will be the Lions. Uh, uh, they haven't announced in season yet, but in season is definitely on the way. I actually don't even know that yet. It's like a select few people, but um, it's definitely coming out soon. But I'm excited about the Lions' uh training camp for sure. Like definitely excited to see what they're doing. Um, I think they had the best story. That's actually who I was hoping would get selected. Uh, you know, it's one of those cities. Detroit in itself has such a great history. Um, and that's what makes you know hard knocks and all these documentaries it like. 
the playing's great and everything, but when we do the off the field and we get to meet people's families and you hear their background stories and then you get to the city and you find that fan from Detroit who's been there since, you know, the very beginning and still goes to every game, you know, that's what makes those special. And, yeah, it's going to be nice, man. I think Detroit had a great draft too. Just excited to see. And last year they just kind of got the short end of it where – it was like five or six games that they should have won and just didn't. So they're right there, and I like Coach Campbell too, man. It's going to be a good season for sure. I hope they crash and burn. I'm not a fan <laughs> of them. They're in, they're in my division. Got no respect for those guys. I think their coach is annoying. That Campbell guy, he gets way too high for losing all those games last season. Uh, Jared Goff, don't like his face either. I, I, Jared Goff has the most punchable face in the NFL. You know why they chose to go like, with the speed up, like of the first like four or five games of the command or uh, Colts last season, like we finally got to see like the end season of Hard Knocks, and they just sped up the first five weeks. Do you know why? Yeah, it's just uh, catching up to everything. So Hard Knocks is really like, and I don't think people understand the turnaround, like uh, editing whatever whatever you're editing. You know, it yeah. takes a while. Like no matter how good you are, like it's not something that you do overnight. Um, but you know, now you're going on a weekly basis. So we're really just giving you what just happened last week. And sometimes the episode comes on and if it's pertinent enough, we have to get you what happened yesterday. So like that first half, uh, you know, get a break from end season. Uh, I think we started about halfway through the season, week eight. So that first episode was like, all right, this is what happened. This is how we got here. This is all the people. And then you get into that process of going nonstop. But yeah, we worked 70 days straight. Um, because like that's how vigorous it is you know we would go in uh, the production assistants uh, at that time we would go in and you know cut everything up from four o'clock in the afternoon and sometimes not leave till two o'clock in the morning so the producers can come in and do their thing Um, yeah but it's definitely crazy but you know people do miss that because if you don't see what's going on in the beginning you're not following like a team like the Colts who is that not high market and high value team who everybody wants to watch. I mean, I think it's good for them to be like, oh, I don't want to go back and watch every single Colts game again because I didn't have a desire to go back and watch every single Colts game again. Right. It's it's 18 weeks and you have so much footage and so many hours of footage that you got to go through, you know, each week, you know, because our show will film two and a half hours and maybe at, at the end you get and maybe an hour and 15 that we'll actually use for the podcast so it's not nowhere near the i'm sure hundreds of plus hours you guys do on a weekly basis but it, it is time consuming yeah man hundreds of hours and sometimes it's just hundreds of hours and nothing you know you take those hundreds of hours like you said and when you go and you're someone like me who's probably looked through about at least 20 of the hours and then you mm-hmm. see maybe the stuff that you found 30 seconds out of the whole 45 minute episode you use, uh, you know, it's almost not discouraging, but it's fun because it becomes that competition to be like, Oh, I found this one, even though it's like just the glimpse. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of time. It's a big Carson Wentz stand. This guy has the de- will defend Carson Wentz to the death. I, I say all the time he's he's a bigger Carson Wentz fan than he is an actual Eagles fan. And when when they traded him to the Commanders, he went off on the Colts. He he had a whole rant about them. He was pissed off about them. And I might say like I do root for him pretty much. I like it's not that I'm more of a Wentz fan than a Eagles fan. It's just like I felt so like disrespected by the Eagles organization the way they treat it like the whole like breakup was just like awful to watch as a human being like feeling for Carson like I just like if that was I put myself in his shoes if that was me like I'd be fucking upset and like 
if that was me, I would have handled it with the amount of class that he did. Like that, his interview with Colin Coward on his podcast this week was like really pretty good. Like Colin asked him about the Ursay comments saying Carson was a regret, and Carson like took him to class and he was like, "Yeah, it hurts hearing that stuff." Like, like he's human. Like he literally like is just an athlete trying to do his best in life, and like having an owner actually say like, "You're a mistake. We just we got to get rid of you. Cut ties." And he said, like, I didn't see that coming. Like, my relationships in Indianapolis were awesome. Players loved me, and we saw that. John Taylor, uh, Darius Leonard, the linemen, Kelly, and all of them, they all loved him. They, they said, like, you're a brother to us. Hate to see you go, but, like, move it on. Like, I, I just feel for the guy. They lied. They lied to him. <laughs> they lied. I think that's, that's a lie. lie. You know, uh, you can be a great guy. You know, you can be a really, really great person. I think um, just especially, and it's the one thing I will take away from playing football, that it's still business at the end of the day. You know, even working for the NFL or working for anything, like even as long as it took me to get to the point that I'm at and doing the things that I'm doing, like I no longer get mad about the business side of it. You know, I didn't get that interview or I didn't get whatever the case may be. Um, and there's just moments, man, I think um, – I definitely liked Carson in the beginning um, and even our year that, you know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl and everything. You cannot discredit anything that Carson did, which is the one thing I don't like. That is the one thing I'll defend Carson because if he didn't get hurt, I believe that Carson was MVP that year. Um, but I don't know if we win the Super Bowl. There's just something about Carson. Um, and I think the whole, you know, transaction and transition between, you know, Nick winning the Super Bowl does a lot to you mentally because Philly, we're a hard place to be. I'm not going to lie. We're a bunch of assholes. Um, but, and we're real fast to go over to somebody and be like, no, he's the guy. He's better. And a lot of not, not a lot of people gave him that credit. Um, but, you know, if you've seen it over the years, like he just doesn't play how he did that year. Like there's something missing. There's a piece missing in his dog and his heart that's not there. And, you know, wish the best for the guy, like you said, hope you made it. But I'm not mad that he's not doing it for Philly anymore. <laughs> Still also to sit the fan base that picked TJ McConnell over Ben Simmons. Like, are we rode harder for TJ than Ben Simmons, who was clearly better than TJ? <laughs> because TJ dove on the court. And I've heard of no hard guys, like the guys that give it their all. We we support those that the guy with all the talent in the world. Yeah, I mean, I just think that's who we are as people, you know, like even during the uh, James Harden trade, like my I, my biggest thing was uh, Seth Curry. Like I didn't want to see Seth go and not like Seth mm -hmm. is an all-star or anything, but as somebody who just embraced Philly, like he said, he just loved this city. And that's all we want. One, you were going to want somebody who's going to ride for the city and be hard, but this is not a place that's easy to live. We talk a lot of trash and, you know, when things aren't good, we're going to let you know they're not good. When things are good, we're going to let you know they're good. And I think we as people, you know, from this area, we just want to see people kind of take that in and be like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm going to just keep moving. Like, And that's what Seth was, you know, that's who TJ was. And that is not who Ben was or is. That is one person who, if I see me and Ben got some issues, <laughs> we definitely got some issues. <laughs> Uh, Jordan brought up uh, Carson Wentz being a uh, you know a whole god. God was talking about God. Derek Carr, that guy. I can only imagine being in a conversation with Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. It, it, it'll be like Bible study because those guys do not shut up about God this and God that. Oh, I love Jesus Christ. 
like I, I I seen Derek Carr on it was during the hard knocks and he was just oh yeah I thank God so much for you know what I have right now and my kids and my house and it was like this big mansion on this like dirt it was this dirt everywhere he's like oh my God I'm so grateful I'm like this guy's annoying me already him. <laughs> Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson, I can only imagine all three of them being like, in, in one conversation, it would be like being in church. I, I couldn't take it. <laughs> you also brought up that, that you were an intern at Bleacher Report and now you're at NFL Films. We have a lot of college people that are college kids that watch our, you know, that listen to our show and, and want to get into the sports industry. What would your advice be, advice be first one, and what was your journey to, to get those basically jobs at Bleacher Report and NFL Films? What, what, what took you to get to that, those places? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I would definitely say first thing is the persistence and dedication. You know, I do a lot of things really, really well. I think what I do better than everybody else is stay in it, you know, stay determined, stay motivated, don't get down on myself. Like, it's not an easy industry to get into. Um, the, um, wake and the opportunities that I had there, um, just such a great school. And then so at Bleacher Report this past summer, uh, I was their first uh, intern for their, um, basically, their black affinity and to use like multicultural affinity, go out there and write diversified sports content. Um, so went out there and was just producing stuff, uh, you know, for LGBTQ rights through sports, uh, did stuff for Juneteenth, um, did a piece on like, you know, last summer was huge on the anti-transgender laws and things like that. So kind of just like, this is what's going on in the world and all those types of things. And it actually, to that, point I don't know if it's changed since then but it was Bleacher Report's most viewed uh social injustice initiative which was really really cool for me to just to be able to be a part of that and yeah just from there um moved back home and took the chance rolled the dice on NFL films it was like I know it's gonna happen just because I wanted to be back in this area um you know Mount Laurel was only 20 30 minutes away from Philly so it's right here uh, so yeah, man, it's definitely been the journey, but everybody sees this last year and they're like, oh my God, you were at Bleacher Report, you're at NFL Films, it's great. And I was like, yeah, but you guys also weren't there for that two years when I was in Wyoming in the middle of nowhere by myself or the three years that I just went through school where I was still working full time at uh, Champs or I was the graduate advisor for Wake Forest's student events and programs, but going to class and coming back home and editing documentaries till. 12 one o'clock two o'clock in the morning so yeah it's the persistence man i'll definitely tell you guys um you're gonna see more people fizzle out of it because it's not instant money like working in wyoming for a local newspaper is nothing at all like if wyoming wasn't so cheap probably wouldn't survive and i like to have a good time too like you gotta make a lot of sacrifices but you know this five six years of sacrifice and now i'm in a position where i'm like i love it and doing what i want so, you know so yeah like just stay in it for sure you brought that, that you worked at Champs, and for those that don't know, like Champs and Foot Locker, they're like partner with each other. Champs is Foot Locker's like cousin. Yeah. And <laughs> can you explain to me why the hell Champs and Foot Locker sell shirts for sixty to forty dollars? Like, who the hell's buying a sixty dollars shirt? Like, what's going on here? So I did learn everything's like their own branded type of thing. Foot Action just closed, uh, but they were like, that was supposed to be the street type, more urban style. And so you go there, you can find cheaper stuff. Um, Foot Locker was definitely your place. Like if you're looking for actually things to wear athletically. So more or less, if you're an actual basketball player, you want to find the good basketball shoe that was there. Chance you'll be your lifestyle but that more bougie upper echelon and uh, foot action so they all have theirs and like 
it's not even just the champs, man. I'm, I'm gonna be a hundred percent. It's Nike. Most of the stores are Nike and I'm a huge sneakerhead. Like I buy sneakers, like probably more often than I should, but, um, yeah, I'm just not feeling Nike and <laughs> what they're doing right now. Unfortunately, like, yes, you just see a lot, um, the inflation. I'm so happy they got caught up and more stories are coming out about how much backdooring there really is. Um, because they're so invested, like they have, investment in stock it's like no wonder why the you know the market is the way it is for the exclusivity of shoes because they're going to sell the shoes to somebody on stock x and they get a percentage of that shoe to come back from whatever they sell after you know it's all a game um but then their involvement with you know the different things in china and how they still produce their stuff like they've been like they've not been having a good year and it ultimately affects you know the chance the foot lockers so if they have a shirt that is really $20, but now they're in a bind and they move it up to 40 foot locker and champs have to sell it for 45 or 50 just to get a profit. So yeah, it's, it's tough, but yeah, man, that was a different time. Like I enjoyed it, but yeah, I'm glad I'm not in retail anymore. <laughs> Last week I was at the mall and I, I go, I go into foot locker and I see this Derek Jeter shirt. And for those that don't know, Derek Jeter is my favorite baseball player of all time. I love Derek Jeter. I go over there and it has like the Derek Jeter shirt with the little retirement patch on it. So I go over there and first thing I always do is check the price tag. That's my, my mom told me that all the time when I was a kid. Check the price tag first, see what it is. I go on there, flip it, $65. I put that shit right back on a damn hanger and I walked right out because that is disgusting. Foot Locker and Champs give me PTSD. When I was in middle school, my mom would take me to Foot Locker and, and some stuff like that. And she would say, you got three shirts to pick out. And she wanted me to wear those three shirts the entire school year and rotate them with pants and shorts and shit like that. And so that's why I can't stand going to damn Foot Locker or things like that. Because my mom thinks uh, if you get five shirts and you buy five shirts, you're good with those five shirts for the entire year. That's her motto is just take the five shirts and just style them differently with different clothes. And that's why I can't stand buying clothes. It, it, it just reminds me of... My mother buying me clothes when I was a kid, and you know, they gave me PTSD. I, I was telling Mike that n next week I'm, I'm flying. I'm flying out to Chicago, which is where I'm from, and uh, I'm a big uh, person that wants to speak up about airport prices. There should be no reason that that I should be buying a water for twenty five dollars and having to go on the plane and get this. Uh, a, a story broke out recently that uh, New York and New Jersey have announced new measures to cut back on the prices of drinks and stuff at their airports uh, because somebody posted on Twitter that they saw a twenty eight dollar beer being sold at the LaGuardia Airport. So people are buying these drinks. And, and it's always like 50 bucks for like a bottle of water. I'm like, what the hell is going on with these airport prices? It's ridiculous. You just hear about what happened with Six Flags? What they doing now? So Six Flags had this incentive, like trying to get people in the door. All you can eat food, like a seasonal for your seasonal pass. So people were just buying all you can eat seasonal pass and just going to eat every day, not even going on rides and shit. And they lost so much money that they, they had to fucking scrap it and come up with a whole new food plan because people were just absolutely. And I saw it went viral on TikTok. People like actually taught you how to do this, like what the steps you need to do to like in order to get these like meals every day. And people just fucking ran with it. Six months later, this article comes out saying it's over. You can't do it anymore. I think it was they they give you like like three meals per day or something like that and people would like go into the park get the meals and then leave and then come back like every meal that's breakfast lunch and dinner and they would just scan the six flags people is that what dude i was basically like 25 years old until i found out that pirates of the caribbean was based on a fucking disney ride like did you, yeah, know, you know that, that?
I know that. I mean, I grew up with Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I loved it. Like, as I got older, then I heard that. I was like, what the fuck? That's wild. It was a ride first, and then they put it into a movie. You know know that, yeah. What if an actor Johnny Depp's got to be to fucking turn a a Disney ride into a fucking franchise? Like, damn. Well, his wife, his wife kept beating him up. So I mean, I, I, I forgot I'd, I'd do something. <laughs> I'd do something else. Come on, people were like, "Why did Johnny Depp stay with her?" I'm like, "She's very good track. She's a very attractive woman. I can understand why he's twice why he took around." But once, once the whole details came out about her um, shitting on the bed and throwing things, and and then she blamed her cat in the trial. She's like, oh yeah, that was my cat's shit. I'm like, get the hell out of here. And, and they, they showed like the picture of the shit on the bed. That that had to be like a humongous ass cat in order for that to be a cat shit. Like, come on. Damn, cougar. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking lion shit on the bed. I'm like, what is going on here? This chick is over here lying on the stand, and then she got grilled by by that lawyer lady, the, the, the female lawyer on Johnny Depp's team. He just got shat on by by his lawyer. She was like, "Oh yeah, you're a gold digger. You using him for the money." And then uh, she was like, "Why won't he?" Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she was like, "I worked hard for that." I'm like, "Get the hell out of here!" Like, she was shy in that movie. I I didn't even watch Aquaman because I didn't even care. I I think I think he's a terrible superhero. First of all, if he's not near the water, he's screwed. <laughs> Jason Momoa is a great actor, though. I think that's what it was. I think them using Jason Momoa because Aquaman traditionally, I'm a huge DC fan. Uh, definitely, as far as story goes, DC over Marvel. Marvel movies are obviously significantly better, but DC as characters, everything are great. But um, yeah, man, Aquaman was always one of those things. Like, why are you here? And then now, you know, with Jason Momoa being who he is, he made Aquaman cool. Like, and that's what's super dope. People on Twitter were uh, going crazy because uh, Doctor Strange finally surpassed Batman in, in the sales. That movie's not nowhere close to Batman. Batman was the best film. Batman was a better film, hands down. It wasn't even close. And people were like, oh yeah, you see now that you know they have better box office? I'm like, get the hell out of here. Batman was a better film and Doctor Strange was disappointing. Making money does not equate the, the movie being good. Like that's it's just a fact. Like we need to stop like saying like, oh, Marvel's just killing at the game like they have a fucking system and they got a built-in fan base that's just coming no matter what they don't even need to watch the goddamn trailer anymore they're going no matter what yeah like i didn't like moon knight too much i thought you know especially how they promote oh my gosh i was so excited like the first three episodes are great and then it just goes downhill really really fast because i mean it's on disney plus and as much as they like tried to allude to there's gonna be all this murder and everything else you barely saw any of it um, and then it ended abruptly. But yeah, like to Mike's point, like Marvel just had to send this system that's nonstop. And I don't even think they make films like they make Marvel movies. Like there's obviously a continuous storyline, but it's not based off of that. It's based off of good action shots. You know, how do we connect all these characters? And if you're really like a nerd like me, like you love the Easter eggs and the stuff that they take out from the actual comics and everything like that. But Batman was writing wise acting was was incredible i just thought sometimes it was just a little too long because what was it the scene where after uh the penguin flips his car and he's uh walking there like it is the coolest scene on the planet shot so beautifully but then i'm like all right 30 seconds went by hurry up and walk get to the car it does not take that long <laughs> like let's speed this up yeah marvel's yeah, got I, a I, huge like problem going on like it's becoming the m she you it's they're just forcing oh like, jesus this here we woman go. movement dude i swear we're gonna get canceled 
Hulk looks awful. Like, do you see the CGI on that shit too? Does oh look bad. Oh my god, did somebody draw that shit? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and why the fuck are we getting a She-Hulk show when we don't even have Bruce fucking Banner? They they nerfed him. They made him a whole fucking bitch now. Like, it is awful. Like, and then even in Moon Knight, like, uh, what's it? What was his wife's name? Uh, I can't think. The CGI was the CGI was terrible in Moon Knight. Yeah. Like it looked like what was it the hippo goddess when she turned yes. around? I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> like what is this? There was the whole fucking end game scene where they literally forced all the women to do a team up. Like what? Like just Wonder Woman was amazing because it was just awesome. They they just had great writing. They made her a beast, and like it was awesome to watch. Like you don't need to force it. Like just give us Daenerys Targaryen. Like there's so many examples. Lagatha and Vikings. Like she's awesome. Like. There's great, there's ways to go about it, and the MCU is not going the right way anymore. Yeah, there's so many different force storylines. Yeah, there's so many different force storylines, and they're like forcing things to be in there that don't need to be. Um, as far as just like the tradition of character, you know, there's always a space for it. Um, I personally did like, you know, that scene where it's just all the women teaming up because for me it was just like it didn't feel forced, like there was a purpose. But I mean, to the point, you know, there's always a this character is also some trait that like you didn't even know like to tell me this character comes from a lineage whose great 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 grandmother grew up in a single parent household like that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on right now at this moment I could have went my whole entire life not knowing anything about this person and been perfectly fine so no they definitely had their force ones and I'm not excited about She-Hulk at all I'm not looking forward to this show at all they said it's still a work in progress though it hasn't come out it's they're not fully finished with it yet and, and that's the, the big thing with marvel is they'll put out unfinished products and they'll put out like fake things in, in the trailer that, that will not that won't even either be in the tv show or the movie because they did with spider-man too they put out all, all these things in the trailer and it never ended up being in the movie so that's their big problem is they don't actually put out finished products in the trailer which then gets fans all pissed off because they, it's not it doesn't look good i thought it looked bad too they don't even put out finished product when the movie comes out. In Spider-Man No <laughs> Andrew Garfield jumped out of the portal looking fat as fuck. Like, that wasn't Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and they changed it, like, a week later. Remember, they edited it. Yeah. Like, you gotta be kidding me. The CGI yeah. did not look like any, like, it was, oh, my God. I could go on for days. I, I think it was WandaVision that they, uh, the episodes came out and then a week after they came out, they, they were, they altered it and they finished editing the thing. So if, if you saw it the first time, it looked bad if you, if, if you didn't have, you know, rewatch it, which is their problem. This, that's, that's their main problem for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just the thing in filmmaking, television in general, being on this side of the, uh, of media now, whether it's me as a writer or me as a filmmaker, people are just constantly just trying to push things out because they want to be first. And it's like the money and the immediacy to get it. But you know, like for me, it's, I'd rather have that later product that's perfect and polished or as close to perfect than to put something out just because, oh, this is what everyone asking for. Like if they're asking for it this week, they'll be asking for it next week. You're fine. I literally said the same exact thing, just about like Superman and Lois, all these other TV shows, like the vampire, like, they literally just wait, we'll wait. We're, it's going to be there in a few weeks. Just push the, the, the due date back. Like we're all right with it. Like, I want to see it from start to finish, like week to week to week. I don't want to wait two months in between the finale and the next episode. Like, you're killing me. 
for me it, it was eternals i fell asleep <laughs> i fell asleep during the eternals battle scene the main battle scene i was asleep during that shit i i went with my two cousins and there was a big battle scene in it. i fell asleep during the battle scene they, they, they had to wake me up in the middle of the battle scene to watch it because that's how much it bored me i thought it was i thought eternals was all right i just didn't like the uh the gender swap of ajax like it's not just useless force material like we don't need it like these writers came out with these great stories and like fans loved it because of like what they wrote. Like, and now we have this following because of the comics and everything, just keep it as is. Right. All right. So for, for those that they're probably going to be in the comments, Mike does not hate women. He's not a woman <laughs> hater. First of all, he is a big comic book fan as am I, as all three of us are. He is just, he's a big person as am I about sticking to the source material of the comics and, you know, being true to that. You know, and for those that think Mike hates, hates women, he, he gave out his top five only fans and top five uh, <laughs> hottest TikTokers a couple weeks ago. So he loves women, especially, you know, so it, there's, for those that think he hates women, he doesn't hate women. So I came to Springfield School District. I switched schools and like my first like five friends were Isaac Payton, black, uh, Zayna, black, like literally just like our meltings. Like we literally don't know anything different. Like that's just the way we grew up. Like it just they're all my friends, like. I love everybody like it's just the way it is like and it, I think that's awesome like we're at this point like our kids are just it's gonna be us times like two like just imagine yeah, yeah it definitely is and then Delco in itself like um I mean don't get me wrong like going to Garden Valley I definitely <laughs> have heard and got some things done to me that I, you know that I always remember but I mean just in this area in general, everything is so split. Like, um, you know, Garden Valley is its own section of a suburb and that's just, you know, more elitist, same with Lower Mary and everything on the main line. And then you had your Chester and Upper Darby, which is like that, but it's just like, once you do get into the Springfields, the Ridleys and everything, like, I don't think people realize how, you know, poor even the white community is in those areas, you know, and it's just everybody kind of just funnels in in Springfield and the Ridley's maybe an upgrade from Chester but I mean like I said I went to Garden Valley and they look at Springfield and <laughs> Ridley and they're like ew so <laughs> you know you come to realize everybody's just trying to get by at this point like everybody's in the same struggle as everybody else like it's just everyone yeah, well, I, I'm actually glad that Mike brought up, you know, and Jordan too brought up the whole thing about diversity. When I grew up in, in grade school, it, for me, it, it was predominantly, I'm Hispanic, so it was predominantly Hispanic, Latins, and, and Blacks at, at my elementary school. My best friends have always been Black. My, I had a Jonathan Page, I, I haven't talked to him in a very long time, so I, uh, and then Kyle were, were my two best friends who were, and so most of my friends were Black and Hispanic. Um, Mike brought, brought up last week how the, how the NBA, you know, which is predominantly Black, has had you know MVPs who who aren't even American, and you know right. it, it's, it's become a very diverse league. You know you got you have Jokic, um, you know winning the MVP, Embiid who wasn't who was an MVP candidate. Mike got a little pissed off because he didn't win MVP because he got robbed, and uh, yeah, he was pissed off about that. And uh, I, I forgot who, who else. Uh, Giannis too. He's not American. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, uh, Luka's coming up, man. But I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's always been the great thing about the NBA. Uh, they did always have that more international base point. And I mean, even just outside of that, even if not looking internationally, but you look at the uh, Tyler Heroes, you know, who's just Tyler. <laughs> like, he's such a cool guy. I mean, you know, you have like just all these guys, and that's where it is. And I think a lot of leagues are struggling to get that. I think baseball is the opposite now where they're doing a lot of outreach programs to get more baseball 
involved in black communities and things like that. Um, because I mean, it's hard, you know, people don't realize that we really know in our communities, football, basketball, track. Um, you know, I luckily grew up in a baseball household, but then realized I'd rather hit something than <laughs> to be standing in the outfield, which is how I took football. But I had that option. I know a bunch of kids who never picked up a baseball bat. And, you know, the NFL is the opposite, where it's predominantly black. And now you see they have these initiatives where they're getting these overseas uh, people to come and play football for the first time and things like that. And uh, a guy who played in Delaware County um, at Chichester High School, he went on to play at Lehigh University, ended up going to get his master's at, like, I can't think of what school it was, but some school over in London. And him and, like, two Oxford, other kids right? school. Huh? Oxford? No, it was a different – I don't think it was Oxford. Uh, do you remember Laquan Lambert? Yeah. Yeah, so he went over – Big guy, linebacker, right? Uh, yeah, they played – he was like – I think he was linebacker high school and then moved over to safety in college. Uh, so, yeah, they went over there and they played um, overseas football. But, like, it's cool. Like, those type of things are happening. So, you know, sports like that diversity in general and then get into it even more like Jeremy Lin, his sneaker brand just over in his country. We know nothing about it. Like I do because I just follow that, but nobody would know Jeremy Lin has a signature shoe and he's killing it over, you know, yeah. where he's from. So that's like, yeah, diversity in sports is like, it's changing, man. And I tell people all the time, sports is just a microcosm of life. Um, you know, everything that's going on in sports happens in the real world. You got your assholes, you got your good people, you know, you got people committing crimes, you got people who talk about nothing but God, you know, it's really the same exact thing. That's why, like, I've, thought football is like so important to like my development because like I'm a white guy obviously and football is like at some point like Springfield High School yeah we were mainly a white team with a few black people but once you go to the D1 level like I was the minority now and like I'm experiencing all these cultures and it's just like awesome like they're like just like so many people I've met it's just like we're still talking like we just played sports against each other like Ever knew each other, like, and like just look following up with people was awesome, like, just good experience. In my high school senior year, our quarterback, I, I, I had two classes with him. This guy sucked, he was horrendous. And we, uh, a team, Centennial, I don't, I don't know if you guys know that that school is, it's one of the probably one of the best schools in the country, uh, who had a couple of recruits to Oregon, Alabama, schools like that, who like, like humongous ass grown men linebackers. And our, our quarterback was horrendous. He, he thought he was Joe Montana. He obviously was not. And so um, in class one time, you know, they were talking about, oh, yeah, make sure you guys go to the football game to watch Centennial, who, who we were playing. I, I, I've been to one game in high school. I never went back because I thought it was horrendous. It was the worst experience of my life. I hate being around people who don't know anything about football. I'm just there to take pictures of themselves at the games. So <laughs> I, I never went back. And uh, so the our quarterback decides to text the, the other team's best player who was committed to, I think, Oregon. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to smoke you guys. And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. The linebacker responds back to him and says, you won't even get off the ground after I'm done with you. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I, I get to school the next day and um, he, the quarterback's not there. And I'm like, well, his seat's empty. I'm like, where the hell is he at? And they're like, they're like you didn't hear? This man got just pummeled by, <laughs> by the guy that he texted. A very hard concussion is what he got. And he wasn't there for like three days. And Elko's got a different problem, dude. We'll be like, find the other team's best players and then see if they have a girlfriend and then we'll try to slide in their DMs and start. Oh, Delco's so disrespectful. 
Elko's the worst, though. <laughs> Mike bangs Barbara. That's why he can't uh, get a haircut because she ghosted him. Mike, do you want to tell Jordan about that again for two weeks in a row? Yeah, dude. I was hooking up with this my like uh, high school sweetheart pretty much after uh, like years of like not talking. She always cut my hair, so like started <laughs> hooking up again, and then like. All of a sudden, I don't know what I did, but she won't hit me up anymore, and I can't get a goddamn haircut. So now I got long hair. Yeah, see, man, that's business. I don't play. I don't play with my haircuts. In Wyoming, exactly. all, the, all the cities in Wyoming are 100 miles apart. I used to drive 100 miles every two weeks just to get my haircut. Oh, you should have just let it grow out. You should have let it grow. <laughs> oh, my man, I can't live that way. I tried it at first. I was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, man. I get, I go like three weeks without a haircut. I start itching and shit. I was like, yeah, I can't do this. Dude, have you ever thought about that? Like, if you were a different race, what kind of hairstyle you would have? I always said if I was black, I have a flat top. Oh, it's uh, honestly never, man. Like, it's just weird. Like, it's when you have when you have the hair that everybody wants, you like, you just don't think about it. Like, <laughs> like you're just like when you're like, oh, it doesn't get much better than this. So, like, you, you used to dye your hair, right? Like, uh, green hair all the time. Yeah, red, brown, gold, blonde. Yeah, they've been all over. I think. I think I've just finally hit the black. I don't think I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> I just always change some stuff, but right now I'm sticking to black. For me, it's Grant Hill's haircut. If I was black, I would. <laughs> Grant Hill has the greatest haircut and greatest hairline I've ever seen for my life. He has hairlines that are cut by the gods because I don't him, know. Him and Jalen Rose. Him and Jalen Rose have some of the best hairlines of all time. So I always said, Jalen is elite. I don't know what Jalen does, but his hairline is elite. He wakes up and it's great. I'm like, <laughs> when I was a kid, it used to be $12 in my neighborhood, $12 for a haircut. I, I, I used to get one every week. Now it's $30 for me every maybe two weeks, maybe maybe every week if, if I'm feeling it. But it's ridiculous. Thanks a lot. Inflation and barbers. And and, and then my, my barber, I was, I, was, I was at the barbershop last week when I got a haircut before our show. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, we're, we're raising our prices again June 1st to $35. I said, if you want me to keep coming back in here, you better lower these damn prices. I'm giving you yeah. $20 at, at, at the most. You're $35 out here already. In like, Twitter, like, I tell you, on. back in high school, I couldn't afford a haircut. I rocked the Clay Matthews. Back in the day. I can only imagine what Grant Hill pays for his shit because his <laughs> stuff is just elite. Grant Hill, God bless you, man. It's been 20 plus years. That shit has not changed. And it just looks pristine every time I see it. I just watched this barber do a podcast saying uh, he got stood up by the baby and he charged 200 for a no show. Like, that's a, like celebrity barbers are wild. Celebrity barbers. People are flying people in just to get their haircuts, taking them to the award shows and everything they make. Brain, like a lot of it i've done like a pretty good job of like when i get a haircut i'll be able to like keep the haircut longer by like touching up myself like i have all the tools and shit myself oh and, like, i'm not I, doing that i can't do that well the back is hard dude so i asked my mom i said hey can you just like clean up like i had a zero to mid fade skin fade so it can't be that hard right like you think about it like oh no it's like, hard i'll try and literally fucking i had a wave on the back of my fucking neck <laughs> <laughs> We didn't speak for a week. Is it haircut plus beard for you or, or just hair? Oh, I, I do my own beard. But oh, I, okay. I'll have them do the straight blade. I just bought a straight blade, too. It's funny you said that. I bought it and tried it last night. My mom was, like, watching me. And she was, like, be careful. I'm like, <laughs> this part's not bad. But, like, here, like, I was, like, sweetie oh, yeah. totting. And I thought I was going to slip my throat. <laughs> 
my, my barber a couple weeks ago, um, I, I, I do my eyebrows, so I have them, you know, trim them and line them up. He goes, eyebrows are extra now. I said, this is just getting ridiculous with this garbage. I said, you, you need to let me know before I sit down in this chair what your prices are with these whole extra now. Like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. That's why you got to do a little trial and error, start on yourself, and, like, you won't have to pay for it anymore. Uh, but we appreciate you coming on. Is, is there anything that, that you want to promote before we let you go? Uh, yeah, man. I'm actually all be switching out of uh, the NFL soon and moving on to a company called SB Live. They're high school sports nationally. Uh, love high school sports. I coach around here and everything with a group called No Lacking Lifestyle. So it gives me opportunity to get back to doing that. And uh, yeah, it just got bought by Sports Illustrated. So they'll be really getting into the video department and everything like that. So that's where I'm going in and taking over and doing all of that. And also there's my magazine, which is East Coast Magazine. Um, we do a really good job at, you know, promoting things up and down the East Coast. Uh, I got sports over there with culture. I'm always talking about something that usually makes people mad, but that's my job. I love making people mad. So, but yeah, man, I appreciate you guys for having me for sure. Good stuff. I mean, here, I loved how it. good am I in my job? Well, I'm not, not going to wank you off live on, live on the fucking show. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. But Liz Jordan was great. He was a great guest. He's probably, probably the best one. Probably one of the best. Uh, that brings us to our, to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Uh, for those that don't know what SeatGeek is, SeatGeek is an app that helps you buy and sell tickets in the most helpful way. On your phone, download the app, you sign in, it automatically shows you available events in your area. So whether it's a sports game, it's a concert, it's a comedy show, it doesn't matter. They have it all. So the best thing about it is it will show you the best deals for you. Green being a good deal, yellow being an okay deal, and then red being a bad deal. It also will rate the deal from one through 10 to give you the best deal possible. SeatGeek also allows you to sell your tickets as well. So if you buy a ticket and you end up not being able to go to the event, you, you can sell the ticket on the app. Promo code GQUAD for $20 off your first purchase. So thank you for SeatGeek for sponsoring us. He said back in 07, Reggie Miller almost signed with Boston. So he, he retired at the age of 39 following the 0405 season. Two years later, he said that Danny Ainge called him with an offer to join the Celtics who had just acquired KG and Ray Allen. He said out of his loyalty to the Pacers and because he couldn't get into game shape in time, he declined the offer. Who'd you say they had KG and Ray that, Allen? So that, that was the year they got KG and Ray Allen, and that was their first big three year with Paul yeah. Pierce and all of them. And they asked Reggie to come along and join the team, but he told, but he said because he spent so many years in, in Indiana, he couldn't, you know, muster up the, you know, the strength to go and play for, for another team and go chase a ring. And he, he just decided to show loyalty to the Pacers and not play at all. And just I think retire. it worked out better for the Celtics. Like, Ray Allen was, like, perfect for that situation. Like, Agree. Yeah. Sometimes, we, like, people bitch at us in the comments, like, oh, I can't believe you guys are saying this about Markel Fultz, this and that. How you say oh, yeah. 2020? Whatever douchebag that said that in the comments. Oh yeah, the, the damn mind reader comment. They're like, they're like, what are you guys mind readers? You think people are mind readers? Like, fuck you! I'll say what I want. Yeah, like it that's happened. literally I'm the fun getting... of sports. Like thinking what could have been. Like and right. That, and that one, like I would have. If Reggie Miller retired, he retired for a reason. Like, right. If, you think it's gonna be better off than Ray Allen? Ray Allen played for another like four or five years at a prime level. Like the Heat didn't win won a championship. Like four years after he left the Celtics, like for a reason, he was still good. All right. Um, that Larry Bird gave up a two-year, ten million-dollar contract from the Celtics in 1992. In 1992, 
Larry Bird went to, to Celtics CEO David Gavitt's office and told him, Dave, I'm done. I'm retiring. Just nine days after winning the gold medal with the Dream Team. Uh, so the GM told him, I think you, you should take a few weeks to think it over and, you know, give it a, a little more thought. But the reason why he did that was because he wanted to put off Bird's retirement announcement because if he waited just two more weeks, his contract for the following two seasons at $5 million each would kick in and Boston would have to pay him that money uh, even, even if he retired. Or the CEO at that time thought that he deserved that money. And then Larry Bird told him, I know what you're doing. I don't want the money. I didn't earn it. I won't take it. And he gave it back and he ended up retiring a couple of days later. Larry Bird has a pretty interesting career too. Like a lot of younger listeners probably don't realize this because they weren't alive during it. But Larry Bird was only a Celtic because the GM found a loophole in the drafting. He was drafted his junior year of college, didn't play his senior year was already part of the Celtics. That's the only reason he was on the Celtics the following year because, or two years after that, because he was already drafted, even though he's still in college. That's never happened before. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wild story, isn't it? I didn't know that. He drafted out of his junior year, played his senior year, and then went to the Celtics after that. I didn't know that at all. He was drafted a year before he even finished college. Two worst teams in the league will come together, and they would do a coin flip to see – who would get the first pick? And I think it was the Lakers and some other team that, that, that did the coin flip one year, and LA won, and that pick ended up being Magic Johnson. So that was the way the NBA did. There was no draft lottery back then. It was a coin flip, and that's how the Lakers got Magic Johnson that year. Minor league baseball is like in the news right now because players are like speaking out about how they're not making a livable oh, yeah. wage. They're it's pretty horrible up. conditions that I mean, they're working. Yeah. I, so uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I played baseball too in high school and got recruited pretty like i almost went to virginia to play baseball was uh kid jordan went to high school with joe DiCarlo was going to georgia and was drafted and by the mariners and he decided to go to the mariners instead of going to georgia which was the number one baseball team in the country at that time so like, poor guy <laughs> right and uh <laughs> his condition, his like the way he lived literally you find a host family you live with the host family who's basically like your mom and dad for the next like six weeks. You might be in there with like, depending on the team, you might be with like six other guys too, like in an Airbnb basically. And you're just living off your salary, whatever you sign for that like duration of time until you get called up. And the only way you're like making any more money is when you go to the big leagues. I hate the minor leagues. I think it's dumb. Players cannot progress unless they play in the major leagues. Like the minor leagues and major leagues are entirely different. That's why I call it the show. So when you get up there in the, in the major leagues, the only way for you to get better is to play against major league talent. I, I know there's players that come down to the minor leagues to rehab and stuff like that, but it's, it's not the same. Like players cannot get better and, you know, in, in the minors and then get to the major leagues and just, you know, pop off. You know, you know, there's guys that are batting like 400 in the minors and then they get to the major leagues and they're fucking batting 167 and they get like Jared Kelnick from the Mariners. He was their top prospect. He, he destroyed everybody in the minors and then he, he got called up and sent back down like three different times already. I can't stand people that don't understand basic math, but the fact that the women's national team is now getting paid the same amount as the men's national soccer team is absurd. Oh, here we go. The women hate. Leave them alone already. Let them get paid. Dude, 
That's like saying the WNBA deserves the same amount of money as the NBA. You don't get bringing. That's not, not no. That's not not the same thing. They're winning World Cups. We're not. The men are not. The men have won a World Cup. And- they get more eyeballs. That's all that matters. More ad revenue means more pay. But they're they're, they're not getting equal pay though. So let's give them the fucking money. And move on. Because the men get more eyeballs. That's all it is. We get. Listen, we get more eyeballs. We have the money to do it. Fucking give them what they want and move on. Whatever. But they made their bed. They'll lay in it. And guess what? It'll oh be my downfall. god. They're gonna pay them all that money, and they're not gonna make money now. They're gonna lose money, and they're gonna cry. Oh, we gotta end their program soon. Blah blah blah. But they're if, if they keep winning the World Cups, I don't see what the problem is. When 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 was the last time they won a World Cup? Like twenty fourteen. I think the fifteen. Well, it's every four years. So it's, if if I say that, it's like oh yeah, <laughs> fuck, that was four years ago. No shit. But still, we don't care. No one cares. The world. Listen, the World Cup is this year. It's played in the winter. Me and Mike will be doing live streams of the World Cup. I, I know Mike's not a big soccer guy, but I, I'm gonna have Mike watching these games. Mike, Mike is Mike is gonna have to buy pro clubs on his Xbox. He's, Mike is gonna buy FIFA, and him and I are, are, are gonna start doing FIFA videos on fucking YouTube to get some views on here because all, all my look, look at all his look at all his Xbox games. <laughs> FIFA is fine. You bought Avengers? I, I I heard that game was shit. Thoughts on that? Awful. Awful. Give, give, give a quick review of that. Right here. See that? Awful character. Awful. Dude, it, it was so bad. It's, it's nothing like... I don't even know how to describe it. The storytelling, like the story mode is just so weird. You, you change like every story. Like as the story progresses, you change characters. And like the... the Suppose of like... I'll show you. Thor? <laughs> Look at... Hold on. <laughs> Horrible face. Oh. <laughs> Captain America, like, is, is this a parody or what? Like, who, who designed this? It's a bootleg oh. video. It's just embarrassing. Like, Kamala Kong on this, like, awful. Black Widow is, like, like the a, only good one on here. And they're it's not like fun. a porn they're version of it. Uh, it. It literally is. They're not it's even a porn like, parody. Iron, Iron Man's not even, like, badass and that shit. Like, I literally gave up after like one day of playing. I played it once and um, it, it was when the Spider-Man DLC came out. That game is so horrible. You buy the DLC and once you buy it, you have to find Spider-Man yourself in order to play with the character. You can't go into the story mode and play with Spider-Man. You have to find him first, do all the missions in, in order to unlock Spider-Man and play the story mode. It's horrible. That game was overhyped. I, I was excited for it. And then after I heard the reviews, I didn't even bother buying it. I just pre-ordered Gotham Knights today at GameStop. I'm excited about that. I've heard like some people bitching. I don't know. It's gonna get canceled again. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> get canceled. You're never gonna get back it. Like a year. It's coming out mm-hmm. soon. It can't. I don't know. But Listen. I've heard such good things about Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and the other PS4 Spider-Man Holy games. Sh- best I game I ever played in my life. PlayStation just to play it. Like I want to play so bad. That's what I did. I did it. It is the best superhero game after Batman. The the Batman trilogy. After that is, is the best superhero game I've ever played in my life. I haven't had PlayStation since PlayStation 3, and we already did our like rankings of all the consoles. Dude, PlayStation 3 was the sleekest between Sony knows how to design it. PSP and PlayStation 3 were absolutely fire designs. Like just the slickness, this like the shine on it, just like, oh my god. If I could fuck up a, a gaming console, that's like what I would fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think Gotham Knights could be a, a bust, 
because of the pressure that has been on. I don't even think it, I don't even think it's Rocksteady anymore. Is it, is it still Rocksteady that's doing the games? I have no idea. I know they they. I don't think it canned, is. They canned all the like uh, Xbox uh, Xbox One and the PS4 uh, releases only for Xbox Series X and PS5 is and uh, computer. The only way you can buy it. The Batman Arkham games were my favorite games. I played them when I was a kid. And that's how great it was on Xbox 360. And then I, I even bought the remastered version on the Xbox on, on the Xbox One. And those were the best superhero games I've ever played in my life. Hands down, you will never beat the Batman Arkham series in terms of making a superhero game. And that's why it has been so tough for them to put out a new one. Because it's hard to top those games. But Spider-Man did it so well. And Spider-Man's a whole different entity than Batman. You know, there's different things that, that you can do with him. You can't swing around Gotham with Batman, you know. But you can with the grappling, but it's not the same as using the webs. But that game was just so fun to play with, to play, and I enjoyed it. When we were kids, the Spider-Man, like Tobey Maguire games, uh, the Lord of the Ring games. The, I had it on GameCube. I had it on GameCube. The, the Spider-Man too. Like, from movies, Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith game. Like they can't, uh, even just Old Republic and all those other Star Wars games. Like how did we fall from grace? We can't even get these games anymore. They're literally saying, oh, in 10 years, we'll put out this new Star Wars game. Like how the fuck can you not do it again? Like those games were awesome. They had an X-Men game on the original Xbox that I used to play. I forgot what it was called. Uh, but that was one of my favorite games of all time. And then 2K on, on the original Xbox. And for those of you that are, are that are younger, you have no idea what the fuck that is. But the original Xbox had an X-Men game. It was one of my favorite games to play. And uh, Incredibles on the GameCube and, and, and the original Xbox, I love playing that as well. And it was just so fun to play. Uh, but the games have not just fallen off over the years. It's pissing me off. It's, it's, it's not like they don't have all the content in the world to choose from. They literally used to take the story mode. Like whatever movie we saw, and they just put it in the game. And you just played. right. And we and that yeah. was fine for us. Like that was awesome. Yeah, you knew yeah. what was coming. Even even if you knew what was coming, if you saw the movie, it was still mm -hmm. a good experience. So at least do it. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. It was all literally just straight from the movie. Narnia, Narnia. When, when those movies Harry came Potter, on, they destroyed. Remember Harry Potter had a game too. Yeah, yeah. Well, go around Hogwarts and shit. Longardio Leviosa. <laughs> those dumbass spells never fucking work I, I i hate those fucking movies they make me sick i cannot stand oh, watching those shits i get enjoyment from them dude i can watch i have you really yeah i even watched the fantastic beast movies dude i haven't seen the third one but i'm planning on when it comes well, out, thanks to amber heard we those movies got ruined maz michelson he he admitted that he did wrong he should have talked to johnny he even said it but I, Fair I, enough. Harry, Harry Potter is pretty fucking fire, dude. I, I think the only video, the only movie that didn't get a video game was Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I don't think that got a video game. I, I, don't, I don't even remember. I, I, I know how people enjoy playing these Lego, like Star Wars games, Lego, Batman, like all these. Oh, I love those games. I, I think they're horrible. Like, the look really? at I, I would not play that. I've heard they're fun and shit, but like, just looking they are at fun. Lego little like midget fucking action figure is not i'm not into it they are so much to play there's so much content in them you, you can play them for weeks and months and and not even get the full thing done they, they, the lego games are some of the best games to play i love them so much but apparently pirates of the caribbean they get a video game it's this shit right here i don't ever remember that 2008 shit. <laughs> yeah probably 2006 7 that's probably when it probably happened probably on gamecube or shit like that i, I remember having i had the incredibles on gamecube i had um 
all the, I all, get, all of them. I can see you playing that on Wii with the like, the wand and shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had 2K on Wii one time, the, the 09 version. Tony Parker was on the cover. How do you shoot and, with uh, that, like this? It was fucking, it was impossible. I, I lost like 80 to 3 every fucking game on the CPU. It was horrible. Was I want to play the Oculus Star Wars Vader game so bad. It looks sick. I've Kill the younglings. <laughs> yeah. I, but do you, have you seen a story mode where he's watching Padme? I haven't seen that, but I, but I have seen the Batman Oculus game that I want to play as well. Yeah, I've won an Oculus bad. They're too bad they're like a thousand dollars though. Yeah, and they they cause you death and shit when you fucking break your neck on the fucking floor and shit. Like I that. love so, watching yeah. videos like daughters watching their dad do it and like breaking their arm, like trying to like. <laughs> <laughs> Those things will kill you. Like they're fucking dangerous. Like they'll they'll have you like if if you have an Oculus Rift or like 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 those goggles and and things that you play with. You have to be in like an empty space with like padding on the walls, or you will break everything in your house and possibly kill yourself from fucking breaking your neck. It's it's, it's dangerous to play. Bring, bring us to our second sponsor of the week, BetUS. Now, BetUS is the best legal online sports book. They allow you to bet on it all: NFL, NBA, NHL, soccer, golf, MMA, horse racing, and NASCAR. Both men and women's ba college basketball college football, and even the Canadian Football League. They have their own sports book. They have their own race book. And even if you don't want to bet on sports and you just want to gamble with your money, they also have an online casino. Now, they also have the fastest payouts and get you your money in less than three to five days. They have a fast and easy deposit and withdrawal process, 24-7 personalized services, live wagering on all major games, and to top it off, if you use promo code the G Quad, you can get 125% off on a sign up bonus when, when you click on the link in the description and sign up today at BetUS. So we just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Tiger Woods, my guy Tiger Woods. People are shitting on this guy. Think about this. He is just over a year over nearly getting his leg amputated and almost dying. And he made the first two cuts of the first two majors of, of the year. Scotty Scheffler, who just won the Masters, missed the cut of the PGA Championship, and Tiger Woods made it. Even though, even though Tiger Woods withdrew from, from the tournament, it doesn't matter. This dude has made 22 consecutive Masters cuts, and he is now 46 years old. Give the man the respect he deserves. Mike's making a face right now. I'm not sure if, if he's a Tiger Woods hater or not. Do you hate no, Tiger Woods? Like, of course oh, I like okay. Tiger Woods. I'm a woman. How could you not like Tiger Woods? Dude, straight baller in every facet of life. If Tiger Woods slapped me in the face, I'd apologize to him. How about that? Because he is one of my heroes. <laughs> Dude, love that guy so much. I love, like, superstars that, like, go to diners and just bang the waitress and shit. I love hearing shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's just, He's like, the life I wish I could live. I'd bang on myself. He, that's how cool he is. He's the coolest person <laughs> I've ever seen. He, is a, he's, he just exudes charisma. I love that guy. Dude, when his son, when he has a son, that kid's gonna just come out the wall. He has one. He has one. Oh, really? Oh, that kid must hate life because he's never gonna top anything. They both play golf together oh, in, in tournaments. I actually think he's I a did golfer. Yeah, I think I did see that because they were comparing the footage of Tiger and his dad mm -hmm, like, when mm -hmm, he was a kid, mm -hmm. to, like him and his son. I did see that. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So he's in. He's in good hands. He's in good hands, and I I wish him nothing but the best. Um, but somebody who I don't wish the best, Drew Brees. I hate this guy. Coming back. He retired last March. He took a job at NBC, quit that job, and now there are rumors that he's going to return back to the NFL. He said on Twitter, 
despite speculation the media has said about my future this fall i'm currently undecided i may work for nbc i may play football again i'll let you know saints coach the saints coach said he, he was joking when he said that and for those that don't know just a reminder the saints just signed Damon Swinson to a contract extension they have andy dalton as their backup they got Taysom hill still and and then they have some guy named ian book on the roster as well and drew Brees is 44 years old Get the fuck out of here, Drew. Nobody wants you back. You're a bum. Get out of here. You're not, you're not Tom Brady. You're not going to make this big comeback and be celebrated. Nobody likes you. Yeah, people are, like, making fun of him because they say, like, he was so bad in the booth. Like, he's just, like, trying to go Horrible back. Horrible in the booth. <laughs> and that fake-ass hair was not fooling me, buddy. That hair was fake, and you know it. The Brian Erlacher treatment. Yeah, yeah. No one's bald for that long, and this fucking automatically becomes has hair. Get the fuck out of here. Deion Sanders, too. Drew had a fucking bald spot in the back of his head since he was in San Diego. Like, come on. <laughs> the birthmark and the bald spot. It's synonymous with I you know, hate whatever. That fucking... Drew Brees. I hate his face. It's just call it a day, bro. You got like there's eight kids, too. He's got there's like eight kids that love him and want to play more catch with them. Go back home, bro. He retired during the COVID football year. So there was no fans there to see him, you know, to send them off. I love that so much. I, I couldn't smile more than I seen him retiring and greeting the fans. That There was like four people there. Like his, like his family and friends were there because they allowed that. But nobody else was there. Fucking bum. Nobody was there to cheer you off. If you- uh, DK Metcalf is in his fourth year in the NFL. His actual QB is now in, on his fifth team in college in seven years. My apologies. Jack Abraham is his name. He played played with Metcalf at Oxford High School during their senior year in 2015. Since then, he's played at Louisiana Tech, Northwest Mississippi Community College, Southern Mississippi, Mississippi State, and now he's at Missouri, and he's been on those teams over seven years. Fuck's sake, this guy. The the college football rules are just all over the place. Marcus Simeon. He signed a seven-year, $175 million deal with the Rangers. Last year, he finished third in MVP voting, had 45 home runs, 38 doubles, 102 RBIs, batted 265, had an on-base percentage of 334, slugged 538, and had an OPS of 873. This year, he's hitting 157 with an on-base percentage of 223, slugging 209. He has 26 strikeouts in 34 games, and he is statistically the worst hitter in baseball with the weight of runs created plus of 29 which is the- i always say this players are good for one year they get that big contract and then they're just bust the rest of the time like hey when this happens dude the philadelphia phillies paid scott kingery who was one of their top prospects before he even played an inning in the mlb he had a killer fucking uh spring training they paid him like a six-year big contract and he's has he played maybe like three years, and now he's in minor leagues. Like can't even get called up again. He's on a fucking uh, a, a minor league con like a uh, or he got sent down for like injury, but he can't even get mm-hmm. back to the big leagues. Like that's how like and he got paid. He got paid con- a full guarantee contract. Yeah, because the MLB has rules that all their all their deals are guaranteed money. Yeah, and they were like, oh, we're going to pay this guy now before he comes to the big leagues and that makes us have to pay him more because we don't want to, like, risk it. Well, he just paid him way too much. Aaron Judge is hitting 319 with 393 on-base percentage, a 681 slugging percentage, and he's leading the MLB with 15 home runs, and he's a 211 weighted runs created plus. This guy is a freak of nature. He is 6'7". He has the power of the Hulk, 
And then you see him in the outfield. The, the Sox are, have, have played them uh, this for this week. This dude runs in the outfield like a fucking gazelle. He's onto the pop culture hour. Uh, first talk we have at hand: Courtney and Travis wedding. I can't stand these two. They're they disgust me. I'm I'm over these two already. Have you seen the tea with Travis Barker's son? I have. Oh, Landon with, with Josie yeah, Canseco. Music, yeah. Apparently, I've followed like uh, Nessa and Jaden Hostler and them. Yeah. Like they have like their own little beef going on. Maybe MGK's even a part of this shit. Like it's wild. <laughs> I love this. This song suck. That song oh, yeah. was horrible. Yeah, they they're all just overhyped. They're a machine though. They got fucking all these twelve year olds fucking drooling <laughs> around. Like right. of course, like they're gonna have all these views. It doesn't help. There's these fucking media farms where they just say they're listening but they're really not yeah listen corny and travis are the most annoying couple i've ever seen in my life the amount of pda makes me uncomfortable to watch and these two are just annoying in general i can't fucking stand looking at them it's nothing none to do with them personally i appreciate them being i'm happy with them being happy and with, with each other but just, I, I don't want to see you licking each other's faces in public it's fucking disgusting Mike was also upset about the josh and nessa drama that was going on he, he was upset that uh, josh went back to nessa First of all, Dave Portnoy, if you're listening to this, bro, I feel bad oh, for God. you. You got them lying to you on your own show, like between mm-hmm, Josh mm-hmm, and fucking mm-hmm. uh, Brianna Chicken Fry. You can't get a straight answer from nobody. And they're talking to each other behind your back, Dave. Like, come on, come over here, bro. We'll treat you right. Facts. <laughs> you, uh, you, Silvana, your dog, Brody, come on over to the G Quad podcast and we'll treat you right. Yeah. And then Josh, bro, how are you going to do that? She did you dirty like that, bro. I'm, I'm looking straight in your eye right now, Josh. Did you dirty? And you're getting back with her, and you're in the club, hanging out behind a DJ booth, oh, dancing, like, ooh, twirling around. She's just going to leave you again. She did it once, she'll do it twice. That's coming from, well, a not, That's coming from an older man. I've been there. I know. <laughs> the, but the thing... Well, it happens, but you got you to gotta push it away. She cheated on him with his best friend. That that was a big thing, and he still forgave her. He went back to her. Come on, Josh. Like you, you could. And she wrote a whole song with the new the the ex. Her well, when she left you for that guy, she wrote a whole song. Went fucking viral, big hit. I like California, whatever that song. You know, I know. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, song is. I don't listen to that garbage. Um, I won't play it. Maybe get copyrighted or something. Copyrighted, yeah. <laughs> fucking YouTube doesn't hate the copyright. Yeah, it is catchy. But Josh was, was with that girl Maddie, that basketball player. She is good looking. She was a good looking girl. He was just supposedly but... with Mia two weeks ago. Mia, Mia, yeah. she's the one. Blah blah blah. Turns Mia, out... that's her name. That's her name. That's her, the basketball player Mia. Yeah. It turns out he was literally fucking uh, jo- or Nessa just two weeks ago when he was live on the pod. Said Mia might be the one. Literally turns out Nessa was already back in his bed. Uh, Mike also has some beef with Kathleen Kennedy as well, and he, he absolutely ruining fucking Star Wars. Star Wars is now about persistent storytelling, not trilogies, uh, Kathleen Kennedy says. You can't even do Disney Plus shows right. The Mandalorian, like the Book of Boba Fett, like you literally ruined Boba Fett. And you're saying like, oh, George took me under his wing. Like, I'm going to honor your child, George. Like, I won't do anything to hurt you. She literally said, fuck you, George Lucas. Like, this is my Star Wars. The she Kathleen Star Wars universe. Fuck it. It's awful. And if, I swear to God, if Obi-Wan Kenobi is bad, I will find you. I will find you and hunt you down like Anakin and the youngins. 
And to say Solo convinced Lucasfilm to no longer cast new ca- new actors as like classic Star Wars characters, like the guy who played uh, what's his name, Alden Einrich or whatever, he was good. Apparently, uh, Mark Hamill was filming like the whole Luke scenes with uh, Baby Yoda fucking Grogu, like. Oh yeah, I seen that. Yeah, it's insane that like they literally CGI'd his entire body. They had him all 260 pounds slouching in his Jedi robes, and then he turned him into 160 pounds as Luke again, young Luke. And he had his full beard filming too. His full beard, and they took it away with CGI. That is insane to do that. And then the fucking put Ryan Johnson after you put out the last Jedi. Then you go and give him a trilogy and say it's on the back burner for now. Insane to do that. Ryan Johnson ruined Star Wars. People say at least he went out there and tried something different with Star Wars. Absolutely not. He took George's fucking baby and said he literally did what he did. He threw it over the back of his shoulder like he did with the Jedi lightsaber. Just said, nope. See, I'm not training you. Fuck that. Oh, my God. It just... J.J. Abrams wasn't even that good, but the way he set up The Force Awakens was still pretty damn good. They, like, I they agree with that. Too. Like, I, I, was, I was feeling right. I was feeling what fucking uh, Finn, like, what he could have been. Right. Like, every, Snoke was awesome. Like, Snoke was... I was like, dude, this guy's so He good. was scary. He was badass. Yeah, like, he was menacing. Like, and the fucking... Like, the worst part is... Vader's sacrifice and Anakin's sacrifice was all for nothing now. You literally just brought Palpatine back. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? That's such a slap in the face. And to not put all the Jedi's, like, you just had their voices in the Rise of Skywalker. You got to put their Force Ghosts in that scene and have them behind Rey when she says, I'm all the Jedi. Like, fuck that shit. I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. I love Force Awakens. I thought it was pretty good. I I didn't love it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a great setup, too. And then the rest of it was straight shit. Like they just ruined the entire setup. I put Force Awakens up there with probably my top three. Honestly, I think. Oh, I, I can't. Revenge of the Sith is number one. That's my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. Hey, go ahead. Give your. Uh, Revenge of the Sith one, uh, Tech of the Clones two. I enjoy that a lot. And then probably Return of the Jedi three. I'm going. Attack of the Clones number one, Revenge of the Sith number two, and then number three, I'm probably going to go with, yeah, probably Return of the Jedi is probably one of my favorites as well. Like, you got to put the classics in there. Like, they're they're up there, but the only reason I don't have them higher is because, like, as, like, I was spoiled with, like, all the technology growing up with, like, I don't like watching, like, the older films because they're just lacking, like, the CGI and everything. I like the practical effects and everything. I do enjoy, like, how... They worked with what they had at the time. Like Puppet Yoda and stuff like that. I would love, to, I would just, I just wish they would redo it. Just go back to the beginning, film from the beginning with new actors and just retell the story. From well, the- well, they have, remember, if, if you've seen the, the, the prequel trilogy, the prequel trilogy had, I think it was the first one, had the, the Puppet Yoda in it. And then afterwards, uh, they, 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 they remastered it all and, and they CGI the rest of it. So I, I think it was the first one and then two and uh, two and three after that had CGI Yoda, but the first one had Puppet Yoda in it. And then when it, when it was remastered, they, they went back and, and CGI him in there and took the Puppet Yoda out. That's why all the uh, original VHSs and stuff are like highly sought after, like are up there in like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth, like because people want those because you can see like the way 
they originally filmed it because George went back to even those ones and put in like the CGI fucking uh right when Han jumps over fucking what's his name's little tail snail tail. Oh, Boba, uh, Jabba the Hutt. Fucking Jabba Boba. the Hutt, yeah. That was so bad. Like, he literally, it was like cut, cut and paste how he lifted yeah. him over his, his tail. Oh. And so, then, uh, man, like, you, don't, you just can't mess with like something like that's our baby. Like, fans love that shit. People say the fan base is toxic. It's really not. It's not. You're just disrespecting the fans. That's what you're doing. Uh, Mike also had beef with uh, the CW for bringing back uh, and Gotham Knights for doing the whole Joker daughter thing. Oh, dude. Insane what they're doing. This whole, like, the children of, like, all of our favorite characters. Uh, one of the main characters is Bruce Wayne's son. Not even Damien Wayne, I think. It's not even Damien. Like, how the fuck are you just going to pull the- these characters out your ass? The Joker's daughter is going to be helping find the killer of Bruce Wayne. Why the fuck would she care? Like, she's the daughter of the Joker. She rides for the Joker in Harley, probably. Right. Like, get out of here. It makes no sense. The CW, why didn't you can this? Can that? Come on. Don't do it. Don't do it. Restore the Snyderverse movement. Literally, it's the only thing that could keep DC afloat. They would give you all the money right. in the world, and they won't green light it. Like, come on, bro. Well, it was, it's because... That, that, I was bringing that up to when we were talking about Marvel. Marvel is having issues... Because they don't want to keep putting out PG thirteen uh, TV shows and and movies because they say it, it doesn't fit their audience. Obviously, who gives a shit? But and so now that they're gonna say they're gonna start shifting away from doing TV and movies that are in the PG thirteen realm because they they want it to fit their little kitty audience. It, it's that's the same. It goes back to the Star Wars thing when George says Star Wars was made for children. Yes, we get that, but our children we grow up. I grew up with the. One, two, three, which is technically three, four, and six because it's the prequels. But like to me, they're one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And like we we grow up and now uh Ewan and fucking Hayden just talked about this. How when they first came out, they heard the backlash and they thought the movies like everyone hated them. And now they said, like, we grew up, we've grown up and we've voiced like they can hear us now. Like we're like they're customers, we're fucking now media market, like bringing this shit to the forefront and like we want more like just age with us like you can still target shit to children but like give the adults something to look forward to like Boba Fett become nerfed and like this little good guy now like he's a badass he's a fucking bounty hunter now he's not a good guy the people that, that were hating on the prequels were those who grew up with the original three, the main trilogy. But now people like us who have now grown up with those prequels can finally have the voice to speak up and say, we love these films. I love those films. I think they're great. And they're some of my favorites. And they're my, part of my childhood. And now that people like us have, have a chance to speak up about these prequels, they're finally getting the love that they deserve and giving the love back to Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, who, who at one point thought that their movies destroyed the Star Wars universe which in reality they really didn't they help expand it all together literally star wars pretty much ended hayden christensen's promising career he right. literally went from star wars to jumper which was a banger i think and he never worked again pretty much he, he retired from acting almost. literally went to vancouver and was never heard from again and now he's back because the fans like our generation did that we brought him back as vader like justice for you and mcgregor uh, for you just for hayden christensen yeah, I love you, bro. If you see this, I love you. Hey, Christian, we love you, brother. G-Quad.
please come on the pod. <laughs> come on the podcast. Come, come on the podcast, and we will give you all the, all the love and attention that you deserve for your role as Anakin and as Darth Vader. I will pay you in love. I will pay you in love. And, and, and for those that are saying Vader is James Earl Jones, go fuck yourself. Okay? He was played by he was played by Hank Christensen. Fuck you. We do we do what we say what we want on the show. So I hope uh, in the Kenobi show Vader's suit is practical. I from the uh, like trailer we saw it looked CGI. Like the when they showed his like uh, plate going on, like the respirator going on his stomach. You know what I'm talking about the green. Right, and- that, that was probably, that was probably a whole CGI sequence. Yeah, probably, that yeah. definitely looks CGI. I just hope they do practical on that. Well, they're doing that a lot now with the whole CGI suits. I know that Iron Man suit Iron Man, yeah. was CGI. Uh, I do believe that um, Vision was Vision suit is CGI, yeah. and then and then even uh, Reed Richards and the Doctor Strange his suit was CGI. Yeah. So it's all Wanda, CGI. Wanda was CGI too. Really? Yes. If you see, there's a the girl who plays America Chavez was filming TikToks on the set. And you can see uh, what's her name in the back, literally in her CGI suit and her mocap suit. Yeah, she's not even wearing like the what we see, the red dress, like whatever it is, and not what even the wearing f- the fucking thing she wears the on headband. her head. Yeah, she's not even what wearing the fuck. That. That's CGI. Wow. I didn't know that. It's all magic. That's bullshit. Yeah, and then I think a couple other costumes are CGI too. Obviously, the Hulk is CGI. For those that don't think that's a that's not a CGI, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> What? Oh, how the fuck did we not even talking about this? Oh, damn, I forgot about that quick. There's something else in Marvel that just got greenlit. Oh, Daredevil. Oh, oh they're, they're going to ruin series. it. They're going to ruin it. They're going to make it kid-friendly. Probably. You now. Listen. Fucking Matt Murdock's going to be, like, at a pet cemetery fucking keeping puppies alive and not euthanizing them and shit. Listen, when when the character's arc is there, they were blinded by acid... It cannot be. It cannot be kid friendly. Like, come on. You you have to understand that that there was different superheroes for different audiences, and Daredevil is not one one of them that uh, you know is for kids. I'm just gonna be honest. He's it's a very it's he's a one of the darkest characters in superhero in the superhero genre because of what he goes through, and it cannot be kid friendly at all. It literally supports like our reasoning to why star wars and all this shit should age with the fans you can still target there's all these avenues you can go down to target the children just let the things that were gory like fucking batman and shit daredevil punisher all those let them stay dark you don't have to be fucking a disney princess for everything even suicide squad that shit was very gory as well yeah there's a there's clearly a market for it I enjoyed it. If, if HBO Max would stop buffering when I was fucking watching this shit, I'll, I'll, I'll probably ha- have to go back and rewatch Suicide Squad just to watch it throughout, you know, entirely without the buffering to get a new opinion on it. To everybody listening, this is the trick to get around HBO Max. Subscribe to Hulu and buy HBO Max subscription through Hulu, and you can watch Game of Thrones and all those things that you enjoy on hulu instead of hbo max and you won't have this buffering problem that's how i do it now but the sad thing is not the whole dc library is included oh. with hulu. that is a downfall that's bullshit yeah why do they fucking hate on dc give give it the respect it deserves and give it the full you know library out for everybody to watch this is bullshit and dc's president uh ceo uh, oh yeah he quit well they have a new guy well, they have a new one yeah 
he's literally just pretty much confirmed like all these like the DCU and shit pretty much dead in a way. Like I wouldn't be surprised. They they wild story just came out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my light fell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You're that's probably that's probably gonna be our, our promo clip for night for this week's episode <laughs> sorry he literally just came out and said uh when he took over dc and was looking at like yeah. wonder twins and all these like greenlit projects they had a budget set for wonder twins to be like close to a hundred million dollars and he said he wants HBO Max projects to be in the 30 to 40 million dollar range. And so people are saying we're not going to see like the Justice League Flash stuff like that anymore because they're targeting, they want a budget of 30 million because they want to make more profit. So like it's not a good sign for DCU lovers. It's, it's all about the profit in the end. And that's what their main avenue is because they see Disney make, they see Disney and Marvel making all this profit and they're like, okay, how, how can we do that? Let's go do what they're doing. So it's, it's all about following the Disney model and that's where people are going wrong with their companies like DC and the DCEU with, with, with the avenue they're going with because they want to copy Marvel and what they're doing because they see the high uh, profit and revenue that they're getting from their projects. And it's not true because like just because Doctor Strange made more money doesn't mean it's the Batman. The Batman was fucking fired. One of the best superhero movies we've seen in recent history. It is up there. And you're going to say, oh, Spider-Man No Way way Home like made all this money, blah, blah, blah. It only made money because it had Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. Spider-Man sells. If you have three of them in one movie, of course it's going to make money. But the storytelling was not that good. Like, we're going to be honest. Doctor Strange was not that good. It was just all these heroes that we got to see, experience, fucking Captain Mar or Captain uh, Britain, like literally not Britain. Oh, Captain Carter, yeah, yeah. Captain Carter, as Ca what the fuck is her name? Captain. Captain well, more. Agent Peggy Carter was her original character, yeah. and then in the what if it was Captain Carter? Yeah, but as she's captain america now but she's captain britain but she's not captain britain captain britain's a man uh, what the fuck should be called well she, in, in in the comics or whatever, whatever the fuck her captain he was captain carter when so, uh, she when, just was called captain carter yeah so uh, when, when she becomes captain america she becomes she is her, they call her captain carter so the captain america is just they throw it out the window yeah because she took the serum instead of fucking Steve you're right Rock. right yeah. right 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 Wow, shit, dude. Just because you make money does not mean it's a good movie. Profit does not mean good. Exactly. Storytelling does. Exactly. All right, well, this show has almost gone on for three hours, and, <laughs> and we were just all over, the, all over the place. I got my mic. My mic stopped working. My light fell on me. I got There was a fly in my room that almost fucking went in my eye. And I, no, so... Um, that that should do it for this week's show. We got plenty of content for you guys, and uh, this was this is probably going to be our longest show. And Dave's going to have a lot of editing to do tonight, so I uh, hope he's ready for that. And uh, yes, so that should do it for this week's show. We appreciate everybody for joining us week in and week out. Uh, th thank you for all your support on all of our uh, you know all of our social medias and all of our uh, all of our channels. Uh, if you're listening via podcast format, leave a five star review and also leave a written review as well. That would definitely help us out. If you're watching via YouTube, like, subscribe, and comment. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you all help uh, you know supporting us week in and week out. And as always, have a blessed week, and we'll see you guys next week.